All right, welcome back. Episode 66 of the Young Old Heads podcast. Shout out Satan, I guess. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Tommy, <laughs> aka TV Sports Cards, and I'm here with my good friend and co-host Max, aka Cards Max, aka Cards Max Bounty Edition. Max, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing well. I feel like a penny sleeve in a world of top loaders, and that's just how my mantra for collecting has been lately. I I went to the, my card shop today, Max, and I asked for some penny sleeve or I asked for some sleeves, and then the guy who was working there was like, "Do you want soft sleeves or hard sleeves?" And I was like, "The fuck's a hard sleeve?" And then yeah, he was like, we like oh. we like a rock hard sleeve on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and Max, uh, we're here this week with. Uh, a friend of the program to say the least and probably the preeminent photoshopper on twitter uh <laughs> alex aka at saratoga slabs on uh, twitter and instagram alex how's it going good tommy max happy to be on long awaited uh like tommy said been listening for a while so happy to be here I'm gonna have yeah. some fun tonight sweet uh yeah uh, alex you you have been mentioned on this podcast I probably, I don't know about as many as as many times as there are gold refractors in Topps Chrome fifty. I would say about fifty times, uh, excluding gold waves. Excluding gold waves, uh, Max. Do you want to give people a little backstory on how you met Alex? How did I meet Alex? Oh, I think I, in the long days of uh, April twenty twenty one. I DM'd at Saratoga Slabs, complimenting his Bobachet Father's Day PSA 950 <laughs> and how he has good taste of cardboard and how one day I'll maybe get to his level because he was slinging flagship parallels 50 and under and me, the peon that I was, only slinging flagship golds of Bobachet himself. See, I think there was some banter before that, too, about Glaber Torres in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, Alex is wearing his very nice blue-on-blue Yankees hat right now. It's so perfectly blue, you can almost not tell it's a Yankees hat. I didn't Uh, want to show it off tonight. Yeah, it's a tough, not the best time ever to be a Yankees fan, um, but as we all know, no one in the world has any sympathy for any Yankees fan. Sorry, guys. Uh, but Alex, do you want to give people a little lowdown on like what you collect? Uh, you know that everyone gives their kind of collecting story. If you want to go ahead and do that and kind of finish it up with kind of what you, what your deal is nowadays with cards. So I'll say starting out how I got into cards. So my grandfather actually owned a pharmacy and they closed the pharmacy and my dad was running it. So in our basement, um, we had piles and piles of unopened wax, um, complete sets. We're talking junk though, like eighties. The one I remember opening a lot of was 1989 Bowman, which is, it's still pretty cool. There are some old reprints with like the 51 mantle, um, 51 maze. So just grew up like kind of digging into that stuff. And then all through like teenage years, um, was ripping packs, just collecting. I mean, on forums doing a little of everything yep you have um, one of the biggest christmas day polls of all time i knew max was gonna go there it just mattered how long we got there so yes in we got three three minutes and 48 seconds into recording two 2009 i don't tommy probably knows the story but 2009 christmas my mom buys me a box of bowman draft which at the time you could afford it for Christmas because it was probably like 70 bucks. Um, Ripping the box, get towards the end. I see, see a little shine in the back of the pack, orange refractor auto, Mike Trout. Yes. What? I've never heard this story. What? So I pulled the Trout orange at the time. It was like, I mean, he was a good prospect at the time. He was like a top hundred guy, first round pick. Um, but like cards weren't, I mean, they weren't what they are now by any means. Um, and it was probably worth like a hundred, $200 at the time. Um, and I ended up trading it on one of the forums and got scammed. So I got nothing. I traded it. The guy sent nothing back my end and never saw the card again. Never heard about it. 
I've tried to go back to like photo bucket because I had images of the cards and try to like find the serial number and track it down. Um, but I couldn't find it or couldn't come up with it. But so yeah, I was going to say you didn't, you, if you knew the serial number, you can maybe tr- like backtrack somehow to find it. Yeah. I mean, after that ripping is just like, it's a lost cause at this point. I used all my mojo back then in 09. So I, I don't think I'm going to rip again. Yeah. I feel that uh, I, I've never actually told this story on the podcast, but semi relevant to what you just said when I Max, I don't even think Max knows the story because I'm kind of embarrassed. I was embarrassed about the story, but now I'm a little more, you know, confident in myself. I, I it's all right that I got scammed a little bit. Some guy when I got right back into collecting, I kind of got back in because I like saw it on Reddit, too. I saw that there was like a pretty active subreddit for baseball cards. Um, when I was like 14 or 15, some like family friend dumped a bunch of these, like, like 2000, 2001. And I, I think it was just those two years that I remember the most that they gave me the home team advantage complete sets. Mm. Um, so not a ton of great stuff in there, but there is the Ichiro home team advantage rookie. Yeah. No, a no one. Um, and so I posted a bunch of my rookie cards that I had from flagship and stuff in this Reddit post being like, Hey, I don't know what any of these are, but like I, I'm kind of trying to get back into it, and I really just want to collect the guys that you know I'm fans of. Uh, some guy reaches out about the Ichiro. I had no idea. I thought it was just base or whatever. So I saw on eBay that it was like a forty dollars card. So I was like, I think he traded me just like literally just a bunch of junk. Like I think the best card was like a man. I don't even remember, but it was just basically like a bunch of base cards and like you know maybe like some gold cups or like paper flagship rookies or something um and then i reached out to him i keep i dm this guy on reddit like at least a, once a month just being like <laughs> you're an asshole you're just a fucking asshole and he never responds to me he still posts uh i'll have to expose this dude at some point but don't take advantage of people on the internet no. what forum was it alex i was trying to think that before we hopped on here because now there's blowout it wasn't blowout at one time there was something called freedom cardboard and i don't know if it was that or i think beckett had a pretty big one at the time so it was one of the ones back in like the 09 2010 range um but i try to i try to tell myself i would have never held out until whatever a couple years ago at peak value i mean if it was worth a thousand dollars i would have gotten rid of it at that point so onward and upward yeah so where'd you go from there oh nine oh nine big hit you get scammed. Did that did it deter you? What, what was your path from there to now? I mean, I was still doing like at the time, same thing. Like it was a hundred dollar card. So like who, like, I didn't think a ton of it. Like, yeah, it hurt. I was pissed. Um, but I kept going until, um, till like the end of high school, I sold off my collection right before I was going to college. Um, just like felt I wasn't gonna have the time for it or have the interest in it. And then, what kind of around the time frame when max said like peak like early early covid i just kind of jumped back in i saw a ton of people doing breaks buying stuff so just like went on twitter or went on instagram and then ever since then i've been all in all in so all right so since covid did you immediately go into like the flagship because what i see you by if you follow alex you probably see a lot of these rare rare baseball rare modern baseball cards and like black flagship parallels that we talk about every single episode so if you got your bingo card check that one off uh, but i also see some vintage i see some experimenting in golf uh where like were you collecting anything like what's your philosophy with what you collect um, so now we're back then uh i would say well i'm interested in like the yankees collecting too because so we got Max's Severino rainbow. That's the most famous thing in the history of the podcast. The best video in the world. We need to post that video from the Young Old Heads account like tonight. No, but um, speaking <laughs> of the Severino rainbow, I was going to interject about how I have never been scammed successfully. I had one time where I got almost scammed. I bought a Wander Franco super short print image variation. And they were comping at about $2,000 that have on release. Some guy, some bloke on Twitter was middlemanning it. And he had no idea who the seller was. And 
he gave me a heads up when the package was in chance saying, Hey, I'm feeling fishy about this. And I'm like, why in the, what it's your card? Why are you feeling fishy? And he's like, I haven't been paid yet from the seller. And I'm like, was it someone you knew? And he's like, no. So I opened up the package and it was a package of magic markers and I won my PayPal goods and services case. So that was great. So I've never been successfully scammed. Um, going back to how baseball card Reddit sucks. Uh, yeah, I'm doing the Luis Severino 2019 Tops Rainbow. There is someone with, I believe, the yellow opening day printing plate. Uh, he ran it at an auction for $40 and with zero bids. Or it was like $80 and zero bids. It was something that was like way higher than market price. And I'm like, hey, I'm like, and this is also when I wasn't buying as much cardboard. I'm like, hey, I really want this card. Like, I have 50 of these. Let me buy it from you. But like, your, your asking price is obscene. And he's like, no, I'll just, his auction got zero bids because he had it really high. And he's like, no, I'll just keep it. It'll just keep going up. And I wanted to uh, do a lot of figurative metaphors that I don't think listeners on this program would appreciate. But that one really hurt. Yeah. Well, all right. Back to Alex. I want to hear it because I know the 09 Yankees team is really deep important to you. And I know that nowadays it seems like you collect kind of just like iconic yeah, in general. Yeah, it's definitely changed. I mean, I was while you guys were talking there, I was trying to scroll back in my eBay to as far back as like what I could start. And I remember the first cards I bought on eBay coming back in was interestingly enough, Clark. I bought a lot of four Clark Schmidt Bowman first refractors and really thought I was like doing something with those and going to like flip them. Um, which I think I did end up, end up making money on those somehow, some way. Um, but it's, it is really fun. I don't know if, if you guys do it, but just scrolling back on eBay and seeing what you paid for stuff or some of the crap that you bought over the years is, is fun. Oh yeah. For sure. Um, but I'd say now kind of like you said, Tommy, I don't like, I collect Yankees a little bit like Derek Jeter is my favorite player ever. I mean, it's hard to go against that, but he just doesn't really have like his rookie card, the SP foil. I have one of those, but they just feel so watered down that there's not really a like great cards to collect of him. Um, like I have Mantle, Jeter, Judge, like other than that, I kind of have like a, a long-term focus in mind. Like even when I buy cards of, like those guys too yeah that makes sense uh max what it, what have you learned from alex i in my head alex is kind of like your 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 card father a little bit yeah he's definitely my uh my card step bro my card older stepbrother that i've never had but um i feel like i do a lot of consulting back and forth with if something is a good buy and usually he tells me it's a bad buy regardless and i do it anyway um, I don't think I've ever split a card with Alex. I don't think I've ever split a card with anyone, but, um, no, no. Yeah. You're saying no, because you know me best, Alex. Yeah. I never split a card with anyone. And, um, I think in general, it's just good to have people to brush ideas off of. And Alex is a concoction of, uh, he's a good consultant for most of my really superior and, uh, alpha ideas that I have with cardboard. Alex, what are some of the craziest ideas that Max has run by you? Or oh ideas that, uh, that really... Uh, you I have one that immediately comes to mind. A lot of them can't be said on this podcast. I mean, I know we had our group chat before this, and I had a brief conversation with Max on the phone last night. Um, and it was just, I mean, Tommy probably knows, just out of pocket in every sense. Don't um, think about that yellow elephant, Alex. <laughs> But I will say the one thing, I mean, I appreciate Max. We talk a lot um, just, I mean, about cards. Um, but I will say, I think I was the one that got him into vintage. And I told him specifically, like, just thinking of Max talking to the vintage dealers at shows is why I wanted him <laughs> to get into vintage because I wanted to go to a show and watch Max argue with vintage dealers about I appeal comps. I mean, anything you can imagine just sounded like fun. The, all the listeners of the Young Old Heads podcast, thank you for uh, making that happen because the stories that come out of the vintage discuss the vintage deals at shows really uh, 
keep the people coming back i think uh yeah i mean there's some things like i like brush off with alex i'm like dude do you want to buy this like sgc worldwide gum gaudi ruth and he's like it's like the chinese it's excuse me it's the canadian version and i'm like yeah man i know and it's like it's 40k do you have that money and i'm like dude let's split it we're gonna make money on it man and uh I feel like that's a good epitome of some of our discussions. And I was going to say, I think Max Max and I are the perfect give and take in that sense, because I think Max would buy literally anything and has the craziest, like most aggressive outlandish ideas. And I'm fa- fairly conservative about like everything. So I think I find myself being too conservative. And I think Max is a little too wild sometimes. So I think it, it balances out kind of overall. Good. It's a good yin and yang thing. Is the mustache wild or no? It fits you. Yeah, That's the thing. It's like, I don't like it, but like, I like expressing some personality in my life. I yeah. don't want to be a boring square. The mullet went away. So like you had to do, you had to fill that void with something. I feel like it's empty in my heart right now. <laughs> um, speaking of making money, uh, there's some big news. Uh, we all are obsessed with, the hobby drama, I think, in some capacity and love following what's going on. Um, there is a big news thing where Tops came out and said that they fucked up with the Super Fractors. I think people had already exposed them. I'm extremely skeptical that, you know, I think they found out, they knew about this for a long time. But they said they 95 of the Super Fractors from Bowman Chrome had duplicates that were put out into packs. Uh, they put out a ton of high bounties, hence Cards Max Bounty Edition at the beginning of the podcast. Um, there's been already some shenanigans. This is going to lead to a lot of shenanigans, I think. Uh, but I just want to hear you guys' thoughts on like what went down, what any conspiracy theories you guys got going on, or if you're going to take advantage of this bounty gate situation. Um, my favorite con- um, lease battle that I see is the person who bought the first Bowman of a Giants player who I, I don't recall offhand. And I believe the bounty he paid, was it 2000 Tommy or Alex? Uh, 1500 it was 1500 he paid for this card and then he the seller ships it it's in usps's hands this it's announced this buyback and this card has a seven thousand five hundred dollar bounty on it the seller pays 17 dollars to intercept the package from usps and have it returned back to them and the buyer is furious so I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't even know you could intercept a package like that. Like what you can intercept on USPS priority and higher. Yeah. All right. Well, Alex, what what were your thoughts? Do you think that this is a uh, conspiracy by fanatics to sell more Bowman Chrome and get people ripping it more, trying to get these bounties? Or do you think that this is, what do you think? I'm not sure. I mean, based on the MVP buyback, I mean, who like who knows? Um, but I've been reading a lot of what people are saying about it. And I think, like, if this was maybe, like, a test run at doing something like that, I think a lot of people complain, like, baseball in general, like, just ripping the floor is pretty terrible. And I know Max talked about this last year on previous episodes. Where having this is why MVP, I love Tops now. Well, having the MVP buyback, you could rip a box, pull two of the chromes, and you have, what, 40 bucks guaranteed off of that. Rich. So I think if they do some sort of buyback like this, it just gives a higher floor of the product overall. So yeah, we'll see um, what happens. I mean, who knows? But I think it could be a positive. Yeah, Max DeMarco has never been or attended a law school. But from my cursory quick readings of what I've seen, this is like, if it were intentional, it would highly violate several state lottery laws, which I think is why the Babe Ruth $250,000 superfractor and the Jew drones bounty. That's why they were technically through Dave and Adams. And this is fanatics putting the bounty on their own product. Because I think once you do that past a certain allotment, that isn't like $20, you know, which is why the MVP buybacks are okay or whatever. When you're doing a bounty this sizable and it's done intentionally for gambling reasons, there's probably a lot more regulations that have to go into into play. So that makes me lean that this isn't intentional. Yeah. I don't know. I just always think the worst. So I feel like I also saw that the product or what is it called? Like the, I don't know, some sort of quality control person has a card 
for tops in uh, tops Chrome Platinum this year. So uh, that that'll be a fun chase for people, I think, going forward. The person that was technically in charge of this fuck up. I'm a collector. Um, yes. Uh, there, I did see another thing this week, Max. I don't know if you guys saw this, but I guess the the NFLPA lawsuit is like kind of null and void, or at least is going to go on for like a couple of years. And Panini's still going to be able to make football cards. Did you guys see that thread from uh, what's I read it? I did not. Oh well. Uh, anyway, I know Alex. You don't really fuck with football cards, right? <laughs> not really. Yeah. You. Uh, so outside of baseball, though, back to I know mm-hmm. we'll we'll hop around to all the drama as we go. But uh, what other than baseball cards? What's on What's on the eBay watch list? What do you, What do you What do you work on, or what do you look at at shows? So I know we were talking about this before, Tommy. Perfect timing. Um, was up last night until what 3:30 Eastern time watching the uh the Ryder Cup. Um, but I'm a large enjoyer of golf. Um, so played a lot early on and then after college when I stopped playing baseball, um, just play golf all the time. So Tiger Woods Auto is a saved search on my eBay. Um, so I'm just always looking for cool Tiger Woods cards. Yeah, so it's really just Tiger though, because for me growing up, it was like Tiger's number one, and then there's not another guy until like yeah, he's one, two, three, four, five favorite golfers. Yeah, I mean, I can like I like Brooks Kepka, I like Justin Thomas, I like a lot of the newer guys. Shut up, Max. I like some of the newer guys, but I mean, for us, like I don't know if I would even like golf or watch golf without Tiger. So there's not really anyone else for me. Yeah, I definitely feel the same way. Max, have you ever owned a golf card at all in your entire life? Never. Not even like when the Tiger 2001 base mania was going on? You didn't ever fuck around with one of those? Okay, biting my tongue. I think I I owned one 2001 Tiger Woods upper deck. It was a PSA 6, and I sold it to Brad, the cards and closet consignment for, I believe, $20 flat. Nice. That is the biggest golf transaction I've ever been involved in. That card was printed, I feel like, to oblivion, but it is yeah. like kind of, it is kind of the <clears throat> it is the upper deck can it, it's the eighty nine Griffey of golf cards, I would say, right? Like it is. Yes. So for Alex, you let's go through. We've never it's really the US one seventy five of Prism. <laughs> I've never had someone on this podcast who I can talk golf cards with, Alex. So I'm excited. What what do you see when you're looking for Tiger cards or like? Just in general, when you like have research into like his whole catalog and what's available, what's attracted to you? What's like some weird things that you notice? I think know? with Tiger, because a lot of the cards are like early to mid two thousands. Um, so just when I'm looking at them, it's always what the auto looks like. A lot of those old upper deck sets have bubble autos, or they're fading, um, or they don't look nice. And I mean. A Tiger Woods like bold on card auto is one of the better, just eye appealing cards in general. And I think any Tiger card with a red jersey on it, I mean, it speaks for itself at that point. So I think those are kind of the two things. When I see those, I try to make a move on it. Does yeah. Tiger still sign? He yeah, the new SP authentic um, and some of the newer products he's still in, but it's mostly sticker autos. So. And I don't sense. go for I don't do sticker autos with Tiger either. So I I was reading a thread by or I guess a Would You Rather or whatever by uh, Infinite Cards Gabe and he posted a picture of a of a Ronaldo auto and a picture of a Curry auto and he's like in ten years which is going to be worth more and Gabe's great Gabe always curates great discussion and part of the bent of that is okay is international sports going to grow more. Well, Curry has a very strong international collecting base, but also so does Ronaldo, but Curry has a stronger American base. And I was digesting that question, and I thought, well, the two modern, the two most expensive modern autographs that aren't Hollywood movie stars, that aren't non-sports, the two most expensive modern sports autographs by far are Michael Jordan and LeBron. And I'm like, okay, what do Michael Jordan and LeBron have in common? And it's, well, they're both literally billionaires with a B. So you cannot pay them enough money. A card company cannot pay them enough money to write their name at any large frequency, which is why the Space Jam autographs have like eight copies in the entire product run. So at least thinking with 
more inactive players like Tiger Woods and players obviously that have had that level of stardom, like your really, really, really wealthy superstars are not going to be signing as much. And that was just something that came to mind. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, it seems like there's rumors that LeBron will sign for fanatics. I'll believe it when I see it. Um, but no, I mean, I'm, I'm fascinated by the early 2000s golf sets. Upper Deck made golf sets in 2001, 2002, 2003, 2004, 2005, um, maybe 2006. But they ran into the problem where they just, there weren't enough, there's not enough rookies that come up. I think it's the same right. thing that's going to happen with F1. It's like, there's not enough new blood every year to like justify chasing stuff. So, you know, you can throw as much Tiger Woods autos as you want or whatever. I know in 03, 03 upper deck golf they had a uh, it was like went around to play with tiger like these whole all these sets were built completely around tiger uh they the 01 sets i really love because of like it's the first relics and they brought in all the legends too like they got arnold palmer jack nicholas um and they still have those guys in the modern products but it's like all right where are these relics coming from now like did these guys just playing like a pro-am or something and then they use that jersey like I feel like it would be way cooler if you could tie it back to a certain tournament or something. I don't know. There's more things. And I think Upper Deck does a decent job with it. Um, but Alex, do you ever, do you ever dabble in anyone besides Tiger or like anything like that? I haven't. I've looked into like a little bit of like Jack Nicholas or Ar- Arnold Palmer. Like some of their autos always pop up like when I'm searching and I wouldn't mind one of those. Um, but I think I want to turn the conversation back on tiger i think the the best tiger card in my opinion is the sports illustrated for kids and i think sports illustrated for kids in general this is just a personal thing i don't think they're like like value i think they'll hold value long term but i just think the cards are so fun i pulled a couple out too because i have a few others but i think just the sports illustrated like rookie cards are some of the coolest cards in general yeah, well, uh, SI Kids is literally the most consistent golf cart producer. Like, after 06, Upper Deck doesn't put out another set, I think, until 2012. Uh, and obviously, Tigers and Goodwin Champions, which, I don't know, golf collectors kind of poo-poo Goodwin Champions for good reason, I think. Like, I most guys, which even if they have a card in Goodwin Champions, it's not considered their true rookie card. Like, Justin Thomas has some of those in, like, yeah. 2016. And then they still put out cards that say rookie in 2021. Uh, I have here a... John Rom SI Kids. That is awesome. This is this dude's only card that's ever been made. John Rom is like maybe the best golfer of the last top, three years. Top three. Yeah. Yeah. At least top three. Uh SI Kids has been putting out fire golf cards since 1996. <laughs> and you just gotta respect that. Which ones do you got, Alex? So I pulled a couple. I have a PSA nine of the Tiger. I'm trying to figure out what side the camera is going to. Can you see it? Uh, PSA 9 of the Tiger. And I think that's the cool part about these is they are so condition sensitive that the high grades, I want to say, I want to say the PSA 10 did like 20 or 25,000, the last one of the Tiger Woods. Um, But I think, so this is another cool one that I bought recently, just kind of going off the like Sports Illustrated rookie card. This is a Tony Hawk like rookie autograph. Um, yeah, it's a PSA four. I can't see four with a 10 auto. And then this one was random. I've just like seen these pop up and I just buy them. This is a Mia Ham rookie PSA seven with a 10 auto. So I, lately I've gotten into buying those and I just think they're the coolest things just because I remember getting the Sports Illustrated for kids. I had the subscription and would always like look at the cards and think they were cool. So it's kind of just a nostalgia thing, like going back and buying them now. Were you, were you, do you think you had the tiger at some point? Like, did you have these nineties ones? I am born in 93. So I would have been three when the tiger one came out. So I don't think that one and what the Mia ham was 92 and the Tony Hawk was 90. So I don't think I had any of those, but I can think of like, I'm pretty sure lebron like i want to say i remember vividly like in 03 when lebron came to the league like that one was pretty big at the time or like important and i was yeah at that point i i definitely had the that was like i thought this card was gonna get me through college this high school lebron si kids card here's another good golf one here annika sorenstan 
maybe the goat woman female golfer she uh her rookies also awesome. si kids can get and that's what i like about him too like max max loves the consistent uh, condition sensitive world uh you can buy a si kids tiger that's paper loss all over the place for like really bucks. cheap yeah. yeah like shockingly cheap you can't buy many of those like kind of really high ceiling iconic cards for that cheap like really at all so mr saratoga slabs i know something that tommy has coupled is his love for basketball and obviously his love for northwestern as well and when he thinks about those two things he goes as far back in the time as possible and tries to find the oldest basketball card or the oldest Northwestern card of all time. Given your recent love and affinity for vintage, have you ever thought of getting into or exploring the options of vintage golf cards? I have looked into it a little bit. I think when I'm just browsing, they come up, but I want to say there's some really cool, like old Bobby Jones cards that I've seen come up in like, Tommy's probably going to pull one out of his bag right now. Old as um, if these are old as in like tens. What? How old? Uh, Tommy backed me up there, but like early nineties. I'm or sorry, like okay. early nineteen hundreds. Yeah, Bobby Jones was like nineteen twenties. So yeah. think similar era to like I don't know Babe Ruth. I think of. there's a. I want to say. There's a like 1934. I don't know if it's a Sport Kings. I think it's 33 or 34 Sport Kings, and that's like one of the main ones. Yeah. What do you, think, it, of the, what do you think of the Sport Kings, Ruth? The fifth Gaudi. Uh, I think we should have bought that Canadian gum PSA seven at auction. About no, I'm not ago. talking about worldwide gum. I'm talking about Sport Kings. Um, I think it's a cool image. It's like the with like the teal background. Yeah, I think it's a cool image. I prefer the Gaudis more, but... Okay. You're saying we should have bought that Worldwide Gun? Yeah. Okay. I, I, I think right we might need hand. to just find it. Like, let's just find another version of it, get it get it in your guys' hands, make it happen. Well, Tommy, I mean, I don't know if Max... He did mention it there, but it's like a random Friday night, and I think the auction was ending the next night, and he's like, hey, let's split this. So I look at... I just like do a quick like search of comps and I think what was it like an SGC seven? An SGC so yeah, the non worldwide gum, the true Gaudi did like 120k. So he sent me that and he's like, Hey, let's let's just split this. And it was pretty low at the time. It ended up like forty four K. Yeah, it ended up going pretty low. We should have looked at it, but Max, what what's the most amount of money you've ever spent on a card, Max? Or what was the card? Well, the most expensive card I spent was the Albert Pujols 2001 Bowman Chrome Auto BGS 8.5, and I sold it. I traded it and sold the contents for a negligible profit. I think I made maybe 100 to $300 on the card. I didn't lose money, thankfully. But on a $7,500 card, that's not the goal. But I got to own it. It's like um, I give the analogy all the time, man. It's like leasing a car, and then you get 10 years use out of the car, then you sell the car for less than what you paid. Well, joke's on you, Big Auto. I sold my card, and I got more for it, and I got to enjoy all that use and utility for free. There you go, Alex. What are, What are the be- What are your favorite cards that you've ever owned? Like, what I know you do. You have you have some stuff in the vault, right? Like you have a you have a Saratoga Slabs vault. Yeah, I pulled. Stuff. I know you asked me to pull some stuff before. Um, I'm trying to think of like stuff I've had and moved that I mean this past year I had a ton of Otani. I know Max is kind of in the same boat there, but I had one of the red it was a red refractor to 25 tops chrome auto um BGS9 that I sold like a month before probably like a month before things got like crazy crazy and someone cracked it and got a true gem plus on it at beckett too so i think it's ended up going for like four times what i sold it for damn that sucks (laughs) Um, what is the craziest if i mean not to just you know talk about me i mean i am pretty good at absolutely everything but um what do you think is the craziest play that i had that was successful and the craziest play that i've had that's been most unsuccessful they think people will appreciate your insight on me. So the first one that comes to mind 
we talked about last night on the phone actually was the Shaden Sharp Bowman University one of one that Max is saying he knows ball on um, because he bought it before Shaden Sharp even got drafted. And when he first sent that card, I was like, Max, like what, like what the hell are you doing? I think you sent it to Logan and I, and it was like, what the heck is this shit? Like, I think you bought it for like a thousand dollars. Yeah, it was a thousand dollars. And then somehow, some way, Max always finds someone in North Korea or somewhere that pays his max tax for his Z- zero feedback buyer from Oregon. He attested that he was a lifelong Portland Trailblazers fan since 1970, paid $4,500 on it. That is one of the most iconic young old heads Instagram clips too, is Max uh, <laughs> talking about how he made like $3,000 on the shade and sharp card that was absolutely the most pajama auto card of all time. <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I'm interested, Alex, in just your, have you listened to almost, I don't know if you've listened to every episode, but probably more episodes than anyone who's ever been on the podcast. Um, what you what is your, been your favorite kind of overall themes or uh, any evolutions that you've appreciated from, from the podcast in general? I mean, every week I tune in to listen to Max's pickups because he makes sure to let it be known and tell everyone what he bought that week. Um, but I think just, you never know what you're going to get every week. I know Tommy, you're pretty consistent, but Max is a wild card. So I think that's the most, most interesting is what he's going to come up with. Um, But I think like you said, what like really like got me going on cards early on was like flagship and flagship parallels. And I know you guys dive deep into tops black, all the other parallels. I think you guys did an episode on your favorite tops parallels so well, like just yeah that's like the nerd in me comes out like when you guys are talking about that stuff what all right give us give us some of your favorite sets of all time baseball baseball years tops favorite uh, sets of all time i think my number one just now that i'm a vintage head um with max but i think 1956 tops um in the mantle specifically but all the other hall of famers i mean that set just has like everything that you like on a card other than them being horizontal. Um, I think it just looks so nice. I'm a big fan of the simile autographs on cards too. Um, I don't know why. Um, growing up, I think it just like looked cool. Like it looked like you had an autograph on the card. Like I think a lot of Bowman was like that. Yeah, um, I really think of those 2000. Yeah, so I think that's why I like it. And the, that set has it on there. So I think just stuff like that um they really haven't cool. done that in forever i feel like on real no times. i always thought it was so cool i mean i don't know do you guys like it max i've kind of talked shit about the simile autos before but i i did kind of like it growing up like i read I, my first basketball packs i ripped were like 2001 fleer tradition that had it and i thought that was dope yeah um, i'm thinking like what is what is yadier molina's first bowman max is that like oh four four yeah, like I'm thinking of like his bone, like those Bowman sets from like 04. Um, like that's something, some of those Bowman times, like I remember doing Bowman back in that day with like Jason Hayward, um, Mike Moustakis, like I'm just Upton, Nando Martinez, BJ Upton. Upton. Like, it's crazy looking back now, like I'm sure in 10 years, we'll tell the story about like, oh, Ellie Daryl Cruz, like guys like that, that just had crazy hype and their cards are worth $5 now. Parasites, uh, you know? Yeah, I think just looking back at that stuff is, is really fun. What uh, you collected during my favorite era of kind of the absolute wild west of what a rookie card is era. Uh, what, what was your internal definition of a rookie card when you were a kid? Because I know for me, it was like, if on if I could look on the back of the card and this guy had not played a complete season yet in the MLB, I considered it that was a rookie card to me. I think that checks out. I was thinking the same thing. I mean, you're back when we looked at the backs of of cards. Um, I think, like you said, if it was just the first, if there was one line there and it was just major leagues, like that, that's a rookie card in my book. Yeah. I feel that. Um, yeah, if it has the minor league sat lines on the back, then it's a rookie card. Yes. Yeah. And we'll stand by that forever. Uh, 
All right. I think we, I think we've, we, we'll, you know, Matt, uh, Alex said, you know, we usually start eBay buys of the week and then we'll have 8 million other tangents that go on. So I think we should start eBay buys of the week. Um, go from there. I am going to throw out one more fun Tiger Woods thing, which is when you're searching on eBay for Tiger Woods cards, you come across the most different grading companies scams of all time. Uh, there's so many magazine 90s cards, like random ass shit that pops up. So you really got to have no ball before you start digging deep on eBay. Don't spend any money on Tiger cards before you do some research on them. That's my my one pro tip for the people. Um, but Max, do you want to go first here for... Yeah, sure. Um, I like to be a little spicy and throw my sales in as well sometimes because it's because it's a little entertaining. Um, my last five sales was a 2018 Tops Advent Ronald Acuna Jr. or Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, 2018 Advent rookie card. I want to say I bought that in the off season last year for like $20, and it took me about a year to sell it for $30, not including bubble mail tracking. So I made like $3 on that. Um, I sold a PSA 10 Tournament Titan Steph Curry 2009 rookie for $150 um, to the one person on Twitter saying that I was overpriced and I sold it on eBay for my full sticker. Uh, fuck you. Um, I sold, this is a fun one, a Brooke Lopez green out of five select die cut. Um, it sold immediately after the Damian Lillard trade was announced. So, And also green on green color uh for $34.99 pretty shout out whoever was sniping up brooke lopez cards after that (laughs) trade went down mad respect two feedback buyer um i sold a us 125 jj hardy 2013 green emerald for a dollar 95 cents um yeah i'm rich i bought a huge lot of green emerald 2013s for 25 cents each and they've just been sitting on my eBay store. So maybe I made like a buck off that. That's a whole dollar. That's a tenth of a burrito. And then uh, for mentioned, um, Paolo Benchero, Rookie Royalty, one of one platinum die cut, which I sold for $1,350 in a PSA authentic. Was, the, was that buyer in the United States of America? Um, he was from China. It was a father buying a birthday present for their son. It's a nice father. Wow. Yeah, geez, my... My dad was buying me like fat packs of opening day. He wasn't buying you Paolo Banchero one of one rookies. Die cut rookies. Sticker <laughs> auto. Rookies. <laughs> oh my God. All right. What do you buy though? You buy anything? Well, wait. Also, you went to a card show, right? At some point? Yeah. I went to one of my monthly card shows in the area. Um, it was kind of ass and not like a big, juicy ass, like a flat, uneventful ass. Now, no fun. Um, hopefully we'll make my gas money back because that's what the game all is. Um, I have to plan my card show calendar soon. I want to go to the Hofstra show, my New York homecoming. I want to go to Chantilly in October and I want to go to Dallas in November. I won't be going to the Toronto show because that show is lame. Damn. So you didn't buy anything at the show? Oh no, I bought a Connor McDavid patch. I brought a Brandon Maya Speckle Auto, and I bought a Nikola Jokic Player Worn RPA Rookie Rampage from Excalibur, 2015. Fucking weird ass set that was. Yeah. Um. um well, that sucks. Uh, I kind of was hoping you would go to Toronto because I've I've heard actually pretty good things about that show. Why? Well, what one person in this chat is. You're going, Alex. Yes, I will be there. What uh are you traveling a little bit more now that now that yeah, you we, we, really, we didn't really address the elephant in the room. Um yeah. for I think it, it's been four weeks now that I started at PWCC um as a sales rep. So I've been out to Oregon twice in the last what three weeks, and then I was at the Philly show last week, and yeah, I'm going to Toronto um we're gonna have a booth there at the show in toronto um which should be interesting like should be interesting i've never gone to a different country technically for a show before um i know max and i were talking about it last night it's probably gonna be a lot of hockey um tcg like a little bit different than what i'm used to it's gonna be hockey soccer and pokemon yeah i know you're being a little bit of a pokemon now i mean that's been i've told max that's been one of the most 
fun parts of the job so far is just being exposed to like cards I've never even heard of or seen before. Um, so I think it'll be cool to just talk to people and learn a bit about what they like. Yeah, I remember when when I was at Ludex, we were deciding if we were going to go to the Toronto show. And it definitely, I don't know, what I heard is that there's a lot, a lot of the big dealers, at least in Chicago, because Toronto's not crazy far from here. Um, they were like, honestly, yeah, you get a lot of hockey cards. And if you're not into hockey, you might walk by a bunch of tables. But there's a lot of very reasonable priced guys who, you know, really don't want to have to sell shit to the U.S. and ship it there right. and are down to move stuff pretty relatively cheap compared to like us dealers who might be you know hanging harping more on their ebay shop and stuff being like i can move it more on there so i don't know max i i was kind of hoping you'd have your uh, the office episode when they take their business trip up to and then you fall in love with the concierge and everything i was kind of hoping that would happen for you yeah i like falling in love (laughs) (laughs) alex um all right you're up uh i also got i mean what does it mean to be a sales rep for PWCC? I, I truly don't know what that means, really. So <clears throat> I'd say a lot of my job is just reaching out to people that, I mean, anyone that has an account with PWCC, um, I'm working with. So reaching out, see if they're looking to buy anything, um, sell anything, helping them coordinate shipments into the vault. I mean, some people just use the vault um, to store their items there, insured. Um, and there's no sales tax in Oregon. Um, so a lot of people do buy stuff on eBay, um, and send it there or just through our auctions. Um, but it's been, it's been really cool so far. Uh, I've told Max a lot about it. I mean, just talking to all different people. I mean, I've clients in like in Korea and Australia, like there's people everywhere, um, across the world that use PWCC. And I think it's just been awesome to, to learn the back end of PWCC and then just everything in the card world. So it's been fun. Yeah. That's, that's very interesting. Uh, do you, are there any cool people that you can talk about and what they collect or is this kind of confidential information? That Yeah, that's confidential, unfortunately. Um, but there's, there's definitely some fun stuff in there to say the least. Yeah, I'm always fascinated. Like, I, I always think it's fascinating that, like, we don't know who bought, like, the LeBron triple logo man or, like, a lot of these cards, like, yeah, the, the whole headline is how much they sell for, but then there's almost nothing about who the person who is or, like, yeah. where it's going. And, I mean, I get it. Like, if you if you don't give a fuck or whatever. And I always I thought it was cool that, like, the guy who got, like, the Wemby green first signed card was, like, didn't seem like he like a regular guy that isn't on social media or anything yeah Yeah, not a clout chasing dude or whatever while we're going on that too did you guys see any of the stuff today about the i think it's tops hobby rip night Um, there was a bunch of video i just saw a bunch of videos on instagram before um jason tatum was ripping packs at one of the card shops card vault in massachusetts um i think it's a a big event tonight um i don't know what they were ripping but i saw tatum was there and then ruben was with kevin hart and travis scott and tom brady at a shop in new jersey tonight um so i think they were just doing an event to get people out to do trade nights and rip packs but it looked pretty crazy that's nuts i I wish that there is another hobby shop besides Bridgeport Hobby that would have that in Chicago because I I just can't I can't do it. Uh, but no, I mean I don't know. As much hate as we can give, and I will give hate as it is deserving. I think there's this cool event stuff that I think could be done in the hobby that um, PWCC always had some pretty cool boots. Like I think it's cool that like you get like when you go to a big show, you can see some of the best cards in the history of the world on display. Yeah, I like. Being able to go to a PWCC booth and seeing a tall, handsome Italian Yankees fan. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what if someone who's listening to this podcast has some expensive card? They should hit you up, right? If they're trying to sell them on PWCC. Hey, I'm always willing to uh, to take on new submissions. They can definitely hit me up uh, on Instagram or Twitter, and I would be happily uh, happily able to coordinate something with them. Yeah. Nice. Uh, I I hope that we get the uh, the golden touch version of PWCC and we get you uh we get we just see Alex. D- did you watch that show? I did watch that before 
I was working here. I think I watched it when it came out and it, it was like a kind of like American pickers type of show is like the way I watched it. It was fun. I mean, a lot of people that knew I was into cards and like saw on Instagram would be like, Oh, like, is this like what you do? Or is this like the stuff you deal with? And I was like, no, not really. But like, it's kind of, it's entertainment. It was fun to watch. Um, I think the most important question I have for you on this podcast is that if PWCC does get its own Netflix show or equivalent, uh, can you pull for me to get a cameo? I would not go out of my way to do that. Only yes. If you, only if you shave the stash. <laughs> um, wait, Alex. Uh, before I talk about my buys, I, I'm kind of interested in what, like, you source some of the rarest baseball card, modern baseball cards. Um, is do you have any cool stories of like? And you can th- if you want to just push this and let me talk about my buys first, and then talk about some of these if you want to think about it. But like weird ways that you've bought on really rare cards because i think that's something that me and max talk about a lot is like oh there could be rare the one-on-ones of whatever could be just hiding in someone's box somewhere and like have you ever had any cool like unearthed treasure chest type stories i'm trying to think of like crazy weird ones like i'm sure max is pretty similar in like the random shit that he's like looked to find cards like I've been on Mercari, like, digging random shit like that. Um, I think early on, Twitter seems kind of slow to find stuff now. But I used to do a lot of just, like, searching on Twitter because I don't think you see half the stuff that actually, like, comes through your feed. So I would just have keywords of, like, I don't know. There was a time when I was chasing Bobby Witt stuff for a while where I would just look all night, like, just do, like, Witt with auto like any like phrase you can come up with of stuff that just didn't get viewed by newer accounts um and early on i used to find a ton of stuff just kind of digging deep late at night on stuff like that yeah me and uh me and at i'm a mitch uh, famous guest of the podcast we used to send each other like this was end of 2020 when like new accounts would pop up and start doing stack sales with like 50 followers and yep. we'd always be hitting each other up with like, all right, this dude, no one's looking at this guy's sale. Like, seems like just like a genuinely kind of nicer person who's just trying to get back into it. But he has cards that he does not know that they might have. Uh, so that I, I like that. That's a cool way of doing it. Um, now it's my turn to talk about what I bought on eBay this week. I sold some stuff on Comsee too. Uh, I've been really just diving kind of deep under this, I don't know, kind of got obsessed with totally certified as a basketball card set. That's probably kind of stupid, but whatever. Uh, I bought a, someone listed, I had a poorly listed classic thing that I like to search for 2013 prism. So second year prism, clay Thompson red, which I think was a target exclusive, but the reds from 2013 prism just don't come up that often for basketball cards, but the guy just forgot to put red or parallel. You know, he didn't put it just title of a base card. I'm hoping I get it. I mean, it's a, it's definitely the red. There's yes. no doubting it's the red. So I, I got it for 15 bucks. I mean, probably relative market value. Maybe it's a $25 card, but um, was hyped about that. I sold a, and I saw our other friend Certified Max talk about this set, the 2021 Tops All-Star Rookie Cup, uh, which I pulled a Clark Schmidt auto out of 99 out of when I opened the box. Shout out our boy. Uh, I also pulled a Joey Votto out of 50 gold that I sold on Comsi for $10. Love it. Um, and I just realized all the way into this episode that I've been wearing an acne patch on my face this whole time. Love it. Uh, I flipped a 2018 Panini Threads Clay Thompson insert that was out of 85. I bought it for $2.05. I sold it for $3.80. That is how you make millions of dollars. You do that 1 million times. Um, and then I had a 2020 Tops UK edition Big Ben a big Ben parallel out of 99 Will Smith that I bought for $1.98.95 and sold for $4.75. Um, that was kind of my week. I, I, I've been really trying not to buy too many cards because of that Clay Thompson card that I splurged on last week. So kind of tame. Um, but I think I need to make a PWCC account. I, I've been hearing a lot about these weekly auctions. Uh, is there, is there a kind of movement? Cause I know when I first started, it was like, Oh, if I'm, I was under the impression that PWCC was for like super high end stuff, but it does seem like you can buy lower end stuff there now on like the auctions, right? 
Yeah, there's definitely definitely a mix of everything. And now, um, before I started working at PWCC, they didn't do raw cards at all. Um, but now we partner with NBA, so they authenticate because we only sell authenticated cards um, on the marketplace. So there's a lot more raw that's been getting into weekly auctions as well. Um, and I think the nice thing too, like for you, Tommy, is you can just store some of them in your vault, like just stack up a box, um, from a couple of weeks and then send it all in once. You don't have to pay shipping separately. Cause I know you do a lot of eBay buying with separate shipping. Um, so I think that would be a, a nice benefit. I'd definitely check it out. Have one you, of, have you, no, never mind. Go, go Max. One of the cooler niche of, you know, budget cards that I bought that I still haven't sold that I bought just kind of cause it was cool. And because I was like, well, maybe I'll flip this, but like I didn't. And I just kind of own this cause I never listed it. Yeah. So with that disclaimer, I bought a 2016 Tops Now Bryce Harper, which I believe is the fourth Tops Now card ever produced. It was number four on the 2016 checklist. And I bought that in a BGS9 for, I believe, $11. So you get some interesting niche stuff on that platform for sometimes good prices. I was looking into, because I think 2016 was the first year of Tops Now. I was, I was looking at some of those first playoff tops now cards because the giants made the playoffs that year so i was looking at like connor gillespie hit it had a couple good hits i was like it's kind of a fun time capsule card i might i think i bought one for like eight bucks i remember um julio urias made his debut and i was big into prospecting back then and he debuted as i believe a 19 year old and was a consensus top two pitching prospect i forgot who the top one was at the time but he was definitely a top like the top bridging prospect. I remember asking my dad if I could buy it from tops.com because I was so convinced that he was going to be such a big thing and the novelty of tops now that you couldn't just get it in a pack. You had to buy it online. Yeah. Uh, another card I got in the mail this week that I forgot to talk about, got this Buster Posey gold prism out of 10 from uh, our friend Jason Dardick. I traded this. Uh, I've, I've talked about this before, but I love. Is that an eight? It's a PSA 8. Yeah, I should have said that. I mean, Jason, professional Jason. grader. Literal yeah. professional grader out here. He, Jeez. I traded this. I traded him a Topps Heritage Redemption Riley Green Auto, uh, whatever, the real one, blue. Yeah. Um, Jason was like, I have the, I saw this on Jason. I was like, honestly, dude, like, I don't know. We're, you're, you're my homie. I'm, he was like, I'm sending this buster to PSA, but I'll trade it to you when I get it back. And so me thinking, you know, Jason knows his card condition, thought I was going to be getting back like a, at least a PSA 9 buster. But PSA 8, I'm cracking this shit easily. But uh, I've talked about it before, but I mean. I think 8 bucks. I like fucking 8. There's no way that this card even would have space for a logo. So I'm going to ignore Max's uh, ridiculous comment there. But, yeah, no, but like even like 6s, I think. They, on lower end raw, I just like having the encapsulation. I think it's cool. Like, I don't remember back in the day, I had like a horde. I had a little army of a uh, Boba Shet. Had like a PSA 6 gold. I had a PSA 8 gold. And they were just all pretty Professional greater Max got a 6 on it. No, I bought them for cheap because they were damaged. Max, uh, do you still have your jazz chisel and blacks? I do have my blacks. It might be. I mean, you never know. This could be the playoffs where you might need to move them. Yeah, or I could just own them forever. Going back to your earlier question, if yeah. I thought any cards were dumb that you bought, I think if we went back, I told you that those were dumb. <laughs> yeah. Well, Max has the fame. My favorite Max tweet of all time is the one you brought up recently on the timeline again, Alex, which is the, uh, <laughs> the Shohei movie. rookie debut black oh. that he, he posts. He has the card. I think it was, was it graded? I don't know, but you're like, I'm willing to trade this for similar Glaber Torres cards. And I think the tweet's from like 2020, 2021. It was a Shohei Otani rookie debut black that I was offering to trade for a Glaber Torres rookie debut black. The And that's a classic also. Like you thought that you could just post that card and someone would have the rookie debut black Glaber Torres on Twitter. It's kind of funny. Yeah. Why wouldn't they? I mean, yeah, I thought you, I, I used to think that. I used to think you could just tweet some, tweet out. I'm you looking gotta for realize, one of the reasons why I made a Twitter in the first place is because I wanted to do every means possible to finish my 2019 Luis Severino rainbow. Yeah. And it's like I drove to every card shop in my, my you know, hour long radius 
just asking if they had the Memorial Day camo or the acetate of that Louis Severino 2019 card. Oh and those card shop owners are like, fuck no. I don't even know half the cards that are in this shop right now. That's true. Um, Alex, do you have any card shops that you appreciate or visit frequently? Or are you mostly just buying stuff online? Yeah, I have. Um, shout out. I'll give them the extra shout out too, because I know this is where my mom bought the box of the 2009 Bowman draft, but it's Finnegan sports cards in Albany, New York. Um, Jeff has been there. I mean, since I can remember, I used to go there and just get my like usual tops or update box. Um, he's been there forever and he's my kind of go-to for supplies or whenever I want to rip a box, I, I go down there. Nice. Uh, How does it feel to be cards full time? Great, Max. I wanted to be just like you. I have a. Oh, oh, stop it. You're going to make my heart melt. <laughs> Alex, you know, I've seen you at racetracks before, at least hosting pictures. Are there, is there any dabbling in race car or uh, horse racing uh, cards ever? So I don't know if there are. I would imagine there there is some obscure card somewhere or giveaway of like triple crown horses or something of that nature. Um, but interestingly enough, I'm not even really a horse guy at all. I like going for the social aspect. Um, the track is like 10 minutes. The Saratoga racetrack, which my logo comes from, um, is like 10 minutes from where I live. Um, and it's really just a fun social event during the summer um, where they run the horses there. So yeah. Yeah, no, you're I, a social guy. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Uh, yeah, I know. The Bay, there's Golden Gate Fields in Oakland that just got actually shut down. But I used in college, used to go to Dollar Days there in the summers and just, just have it's a nice it. cheap day. Yeah. yeah. Super cheap. Good vibes outdoors. Bring, you can bring alcohol in, just no glass. I mean, it's a yeah. good time. It's a good vibe. Uh, I feel like a racetrack is kind of could potentially be a good card show spot because I know I mean, they I know they had the, the card show at Fenway each year, right? Yeah, that's... I think they just had it once this past year, but I think they're having it moving forward. I think the next one's at Gillette Stadium. Yeah. What, Alex, what are you excited about? What, is there any modern, like, cards that come out this year that you buy? Are you done buying stuff that comes out, new stuff? I thought Max was going to say something. Okay, he put his hand up there. Um, I mean, I think, like, if uh, Anthony Volpe, like, blue chrome auto or, like, blue refractor just, like, falls in my lap, I would probably buy it. But I'm not, like, going out of my way or, like, going crazy to pay prices they are right now. Um, but I think stuff like that, like, if the right Yankee stuff just kind of, like, comes up, I'm always, like, interested in some capacity. So, Jason Dominguez... Is he is he the great hope that you that everyone thinks he is? I mean, it was it was pretty awesome. His first AB against Verlander and his whole career hits a home run. Like, I don't know. I'm excited about it. I've, I'm more excited about him than I think any other guy that's come up since 2020, at least. Um, yeah, I think I mean, I think Volpe Volpe had a good year overall. I mean, if, if you look back um his batting average was awful, but he played good defense. He hit home runs. He slowed down on the stolen bases. Um, but Dominguez coming up and did what he did um, was was quite impressive. I think he got a little too overhyped when the Yankees first signed him. So I feel like no matter what he does, if he doesn't go out there and hit 40 home runs his first full year, it's going to be a disappointment. But I think he's going to be a, a solid player. Like I think if he hits 265 with – 25 or 30 home runs and plays center field like that's a damn good baseball player yeah that's a win for at least as a fan of the team i feel like the five hundred thousand dollar super fractor sale is just always gonna haunt the card market for him kind of exactly i yeah i wait i had one other question for you which is what why no cheap home runs what's what's the backstory on you so, tweeting out every single ronald acuna home run saying no cheap so that home one kind of took off it was i think i started it last year um towards the end of the year i think he was heating up or he was struggling for a while and not hitting home runs but every time so i have the mlb home run videos tweet 
uh, notification. So I get every home run like in the league that happens, like a notification on my phone. So every time Acuna would hit a home run, I would click on it, watch it, and I would be like, holy shit. Like he doesn't hit like any wall scrapers, like any like any cheap home runs. So he was just hitting bombs and I would just tweet no cheap home runs. And then now every time he hits a home run, I tweet it and people seem to like it every time. So I just kind of continued on with it. Who, who are some guys that hit a lot of cheap home runs since you have these notifications on and you see seemingly almost every home run that gets hit? I mean, I'll, I'll take a shot at my own team in my own stadium, but a lot of the teams that are the away team in Yankee Stadium, uh, it seems like they always hurt hurt the Yankees the most when they hit their little dinky home runs to, to right field or the right field corner. Yeah, and here on this podcast, we really love the home team. And we love teams. the home team, right, Max? Yeah, we love the home team. Sports are a form of tribalism. And get healthy soon, Jason Dominguez. I totally don't have a existent financial position in you. Well, I, uh, I would have bought all of the Alfonso Soriano cards. I would have bought all the Robinson oh Cano cards on eBay when those guys came up. I actually was one of those rare. Those are my guys. I actually really did. Those are your I hated the Red Sox so hard that I actually ended up kind of enjoying the Yankees and was rooting for them at least to beat the Red Sox every time that they would be on ESPN at four o'clock after I'd come home from school. So I don't know. I have at least a semi soft spot in my heart. So Tommy, speaking of that, you were talking about Yankees guys. So one of my favorite players ever growing up, which you might not like because of what happened when he went to your team. But Barry Zito was one of my favorite players to watch. Yes, one of my favorite players to watch ever. And I think it had to do with video games as much as like anything because you could just throw his curveball in the video game and dominate. So are you a gamer, Alex? What? Are you a gamer? I have not played a video game in probably four or five years, but I did when I was younger. And a lot of a lot of uh, MVP baseball. Barry Zito redeemed himself uh, in the last playoff round. I think, was it the NLCS? I think he threw like his eight inning master gem that earned him all like $75 million that we gave him for eight years. So yeah. I have nothing but love in my heart for Barry Zito. And also just one of the coolest, most unique pitchers kind of of all time. Yeah. I don't think he really, there's not really a lot. Mo- I don't know if how he would do in the modern day baseball with, uh, he didn't, yeah, he didn't grow hard. Yeah. No one pitches like him anymore. And I, no. I've been seeing a lot of interviews from like Trout and stuff talking about the evolution of baseball since he even started and just how much faster guys are throwing and stuff. It just, I don't know. It's, it's kind of weird. Yes. Well, all right, Alex, this isn't going to be the only time you come on the podcast. So I'm going to not talk all of our topics out, but uh, thank you for coming on. Uh, really appreciate it. Make sure to follow Alex at Saratogas Labs on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, not on TikTok yet. Not like Max making his. I'll TikTok. leave it for Max. Yeah. Uh, but no, we appreciate you know your you being who you are, doing what you do, and uh, te- at least keeping Max in check a little bit. Max, uh, that's all I got to say. Max, you got you you do the final words. What do you guys say? Yeah, come on, Max. Big one here. If you get an injury, make sure to get a tattoo. <laughs> there we go all right have a good weekend everyone.